Hey everyone, welcome to Jojo's World. Bonjour, no, you brilliant bastards. Bonjour. I got roasted at work. Bonjour. Farewell. Avida saying goodnight. <laughs> I got roasted because one of the guys at work did like Italian at school. And he was like, Bonjourno. Bonjourno. It is are you saying it bonjourno or bonjourno? Bonjourno. And I was like, I'm saying it bonjourno. And he was like, no, 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 no. Stop. Stop with that shit. You're butchering it. <laughs> Nick Ballantyne, one of the co-hosts. <laughs> and I'm Liam Smith. Wait, you're Liam Smith. Liam S. Smith. The other co-host. Get it right. Get my branding. Sorry. Liam, Liam S. Smith. Smith. Available now to MC your parties. <laughs> You just walk up, hey everyone, welcome to this party. I'm Liam S. Smith, the only host this time. When I think about birthday boy Johnny Jenkins, I'm filled with a sense of revulsion. (laughs) But he is paying me to be here, so I will tamp that down and pretend that he's my good friend. We've got a great act here for you tonight. Up next we've got the Joker, he's gonna do some jokes. Hit the mix, DJ Joker's trick. And then the Joker comes up and he's like, ah, ah, that Liam, what a guy. But I've got a question, one thing about him. What is it? Why so serious? Ah, that's a perfectly reasonable reference to make. And then Two-Face is there. Anyway, this is our JoJo's Bizarre Adventure recap and discussion podcast where we talk about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, the only anime worth my time. It's the only anime worth anyone's time on the planet, Liam. I'm glad I brought you round to what my way of thinking. I'm saying that in agreeance with you, not as a genuine opinion. Oh, you're just just trying to assuage my anger. Indeed I am. So, Nick. Yes. What do we do here on this podcast? Wait, we we do... Oh, shit. I got hit on the head by a coconut and I can't remember what our show show works. Ah, a memory for a coconut and coconut for a memory. Well, Liam, it's pretty fucking simple and I don't know how you forgot, but we just... Talk about Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, the anime. One episode at a time, week by week, fortnight by fortnight. Questionable scheduling by questionable scheduling. Please understand, October is a trying time. It's rough. My birthday's in October. It's an exciting time. It's a trying time. Today, we watch the 27th episode out of 39 of Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, part 5, Golden Wind. I'm still... Every time you say part five, I'm like, oh, Diamond is Unbreakable. For some reason. You'd think you'd have time to adjust by now. No, really not. (laughs) Which is the 140th episode of Jojo's Bizarre Adventure as a whole, covering uh, the second half of chapter 544 Uh through 547 of the Mangi. Ooh, that's a consistent, like... Bit, isn't it? It usually is. Well, no, usually it's like, it has these bits, and then a flashback. Oh, right. Way further down right. the line. You've got me there. What can I say? And this episode is, of course, entitled, King Crimson versus... Oh, hang on. King Crimson versus Metallica. Rebel One. Well, to be fair, on Crunchyroll, it's called Emperor Crimson... Emperor vers- Crimson versus, versus Metallic. Ah... What fuckhead decided, oh, we need to get around Metallica. It's not the most creative. No, it's not. It's not at all. What would you go with? Hmm. What would I go with? It has to be good enough that it's related to his power. Oh, it has to be good. (laughs) That's hard. It has to be enjoyable. And I don't know if I can pull that off. Like, Metallica is just so like, you just took off the A. Like, congratulations. Well, I mean, to be fair, Metallica probably just added on the A. What if they do Metallica... Metallic, uh. <laughs> Metallic, ugh. What about Metalhead? 
That could Metal work. Metalhead, that could work. Yeah. Or Iron Wind. Have we had anything to do with wind? We had Golden Wind. <laughs> yeah, that's a, uh, that's that's a, a recurring real thing. thing. Yep. We, of course, had the wind of the... The, the north. From which the Vikings. Oh yes, well of course the from, um yep. the cold wind created the Vikings exactly. Um, but no, I was thinking of uh, the the Santana winds of New Mexico. Ah, the Santana winds of New Mexico. It's only three years ago or some <laughs> shit. I remember it like it was yesterday. A man with a lot of hair walking through the desert, going, "Hello, boys. How are you?" In a dress. Oh, Joseph from... Joster. Exactly. Nazi puncher extraordinaire. Mm. I love that guy. <laughs> Something about steel. What about Steely Dan? What Can about we go with Steely Dan, Dan of Steel? Oh, that's a good one. What about Dan of Metallica? Metallica. What about Metalan? What about Metal Mario? Shit, man, we should go with that. What about Italica? Hey, Italica. <laughs> Italica. Battle Angel Italica. <laughs> Nick, I want to share with you some words of wisdom from Hirohiko Araki, the creator of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, the man who chronicled these real-life historical events in manga format. I will accept your sharing, if it's good. Now, you may recall that uh, a few weeks ago, in the last author's note, he Mm -hmm. was talking about um, the scenes in movies and media that get him excited and that particularly big things in the night exalt him. Yes, I remember that. He continues this time in volume 59. Yes! I'll carry on with my praising of movie scenes that make me enthusiastic. I like it when a chase between cops and gangsters is happening when it rains. Yes. (laughs) That's pretty cool. That is like just niche enough Mm -hmm. that it's like I can maybe get like four but no more than that. <laughs> I can't express what I'm feeling with words alone, and that's what makes these exulting scenes so particular. Cops and rain simply go well together. I think he just I think he just used his words. Mm, yes. Yeah. Use your words, Hirohiko-kun. <laughs> the scene when we see a man riding a horse across the steps, that's S-T-E-P-P-E-S, like the sort of oh, like, geological construct. Uh, like the Hotto steps in Dragon Quest Eleven. Sure. Yeah. Uh, mate, yeah. The scene where we see a man riding a horse across the steps amazes me too. When I saw that for the first time, I instinctively understood what being cool meant. <laughs> <laughs> and thus I wrote Bruno Bucciarati. And now you know the, the rest, rest of the story. <laughs> and this is accompanied by a, a very, like, very um understated but charming photo of Hirohiko Araki against a brick wall, black and white, wearing a nice cardigan. He's looking pleased with himself, mm. but not pleased enough to really be exuberant. Pleased as if he's thinking of a cool scene in a movie where, say, cops are chasing gangsters in the rain, or a lone cowboy is riding a horse ah, across the steps, yes. or there's a big object in the night. <laughs> I just love a big object in the night, like a car. In the rain. Ah. And one of those cars has sirens and lights. Ah. And the other has bad guys with Tommy guns. And the other still has a horse. On the a, steps. With a cowboy. <laughs> Do you reckon Hiroki Araki knows what, like... This is going to sound really weird. Thread the needle. So... Do you reckon he knows what normal media is? Or does has he just seen like a few movies and gone, wow, Western media is incredible. <laughs> this is what I will ingest for the rest of my life. I couldn't tell you. Hmm. Hmm. I just want to believe he's made his own movies in his head. 
just by watching these really ridiculous ones and going, yeah, that's what cool is. All right. Yep. I won't, I won't deprive you of that fantasy. <laughs> Unless we meet Hirohika Arakin, he says, I'm sorry, Nick, it doesn't happen. It's canon in my mind. King Crimson versus Metallica. Doppio's there. He's like, oh no, I'm dying. And the boss is like, in his brain, don't worry, Doppio, for I have given you a portion of King Crimson's power. And we see King Crimson's angry forehead face <laughs> open up on Doppio, turning him into Two-Face, <gasps> making this a regular Two-Face versus the Joker situation as a man with two faces is fighting an evil crime clown. How long have you been waiting to make this joke? I don't think ahead about Jojo's World podcast, okay, Nick. all right, okay. I was just thinking you must have been like, this guy has clown hair. He doesn't have We've clown got... hair. He's got a jester hat. Yeah, but we never see him without the jester hat, right? That doesn't make it his hair. The cat in the hat does not have hair that is that hat. Just because we always see him wearing that hat. Now, hang on a minute. Thompson and Thompson from the popular Tan Tan series of comics by Herge do not have bowler hats for Tan-tan? hair. Tan Tan? Yeah, Tan Tan. Who's Tan Tan? Tan <laughs> God it's, damn it. It's like Belgian. Him. Is it Belgian? Yeah. I thought it was French. It's Belgian. Oh. Well, look at me. Like Asterix. Ah, Asterix. I thought Asterix was French. That could be French given that they're Gauls. The sheer Gaul of setting it in France. Ugh. 50 BC, those indomitable ghouls would not be conquered by the Romans thanks to a little magic potion brewed by their druid, Getafix. Ah, Get... Oh my god, I only just realised... It's a pun. They're all puns, Nix. Wait, okay, so hang on. Asterix is Asterix, right? Yep. Obelisk is Obelisk. Yep, Obelisk the Tormentor. Yep. Getafix is Getafix. Yep. Who's the Roman commander? Or is that just Julius Caesar? I think that varies from... Comic to comic? Because I think part of the joke... Well, of course, there's four forts that surround them, each Mm -hmm. with its own commander. But I think part of the joke is there's a high turnover rate and who's in charge of those because because of the (laughs) neighbouring... Ghouls. Ghouls. <laughs> They're just Get like the ghouls. Ah, uh, you failed against the Gauls. How dare you? We'll get a new guy in. Oh, he failed against the Gauls. Of course, there's mm. Chief Vital Statistics. Uh, <laughs> Tone Deaf Bard Cacophonics. Cacophonics. Yeah. Fishmonger Unhygienics. These are coming was, back to me as I talk. Yeah, I was too young to appreciate Asterix and Obelisk. <laughs> but now I'm Obelix. Like, is it Obelix? Yeah, they all, all their names end in Ix if you haven't noticed. Ah, because it's Asterix. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was Asterisks. <laughs> yeah, Asterisks. And then Obelix with an X, maybe. With three X's. I don't know. Anyway, Rosado Nero has Rosado white hair. Rosado Nero, he's there. Yep. He's up in the mix. He's all like, hmm, there's a Doppio guy I need to murder. But I'm to be unseen for now. Yep. That's, That's the noise the he makes. <laughs> That's not going to pick up. Hindenburg's going to smooth that right out. <laughs> this high quality software. Thank you, Patreon. Nick was making a sort of swooshing noise. Um, I've given you the arms of King Crimson and eulogy. Look carefully and try to predict the future. Hmm. And we see, and we see, and we, we perceive and we comprehend that... In the opening sequence, which we are mere moments from watching this episode. Sorry, quote unquote, we comprehend. Yep, we do comprehend. Okay. That in this moment, when Doppio sees in his swoosh of fringe the future imposed on that, because that's how this power works, apparently. Yes. We see that, and we comprehend that in the OP, when in his swoosh of hair, there is Risotto Nero. That's what's going on there. Mmm, I see. It all comes back to Nero. 
famed poet nope. and philosopher nope. of the Greek times. Oh dear. Who wore a jester's hat and talked about knives a lot. The opening happens. <laughs> I'm seeing the future in my hair because I saw the birds in the hair and then I'm seeing the birds in the present, so, just like the hair foretold. So this is called eulogy. Yeah. Is there any reason why it's called eulogy? Because it seems really weird. It comes to... back to the king issue of King Crimson being just a really weird power. Yeah. So but it's like, why is it named? It's eulogy? the predictive. It just is. It just is. <laughs> it's the predictive element of King Crimson. Okay. All right. Um, not to be confused with the erasing time element of uh, King Crimson. Ah, classic. Which is big head. So we get sort of get. We sort of get a, a window into the, the mechanics of King Crimson in this in that he's seeing images of the future, which is informing his his choices on when to erase causality. Right. Okay. Gotcha. He can see the future, but he has not yet erased the well. The future has the future has yet a, yet to occur. So when it when it occurs <laughs> and becomes the present in that moment, he can untether it from causality. <laughs> <laughs> Thought, Should he choose? I thought the whole point was he can see the future and then go... And then bam. be the future. <laughs> be the future you want to see in the world. Captain Doppio. I don't know where that was going, but... No, hey. the power is yours, Doppio. Kill that guy for me. Stop the pollution that he's causing with all this rogue iron around the place. Rogue iron is a cool phrase. Is Hi, that, my is name is Rogue Iron. In the future, mm. he sees Risotto on the rocks. Oh. He's seen everything on the on rocks. The rocks. <laughs> Risotto is, um, how would you describe this? He's got like active camo on. It's like predator camo. It's like in a video game when you activate a stealth power, but mm. you as the player still need to be able to see where your character is to yeah. effectively play the game. So you just go translucent. Yeah. He's sort of like, not shimmery, but like, you know, the idea of like, yeah, just transparent. It's like all his of. line art remains, but all the colour is gone. Mm. And then a shivery, a shimmery um, filter has been applied over it. Yeah. He's blended into the rocks, but he can't see him in the present over there. It's like, oh man, he's hiding over there somewhere, but I can't see him. Let me just check the future again. Oh no, that's bad. <laughs> Doppio sees d distinctly within his hair, within the, the future image in his hair, mm -hmm. which is like crazy expression. <laughs> The future image in his hand. Mm -hmm. He sees the undeniable shape of sharp metal scissors poking out from the from under his flesh in his throat. And he's all like, oh no. Boss, I got bad news, buddy. I, I might have some scissors coming out of my throat. This is gonna suck. And the boss is like, it cannot be changed, Doppio. But do not fear. He was... The A-grade assassin. A bit of damage is acceptable. Mm. We knew this would happen. No one we? in the organisation could track him. He's Risotto Nero. And you're sweet, stupid Doppio. <laughs> oh, that poor, innocent hairline. How it demarcates from your inner sanctum of death. But don't worry, Doppio. Even though you, sh you saw something that should almost certainly result in your death, you didn't actually see your death. So that's not set in stone. Everything's going to be A-okay. Everything's coming up, Doppio. <laughs> Sweet, stupid prophet Doppio. <laughs> Together they deduce that um, he's got to get close to do this somehow. Because otherwise he would just do it and yeah. it would be over. We know he has to get within two metres of him. Well, Doppio has to get within two yes. metres of... Of Risotto. But Risotto also has to get close to Doppio. Mm, because they can see him in the, the shimmering 
future. Yes, and they're all like, wait, if he's getting close, he has to get close. But boss, I'm so scared. Is Spirit, is this future sure to come to pass? And the spirit of Christmas yet to come is like, yep, uh, <laughs> you're going to die alone, Scrooge. <laughs> Bye. Now listen to me, Doppio. It might happen, but it might not happen. And then the boss to Doppio is like, you there, sweet stupid boy, what day is it? <laughs> Why, it's Christmas day. Then there's still time. Th stick your hand in your throat and pull out the metal scissors before they kill you. So Doppio's all like, man, I gotta get through this somehow. Oh no, scissors are in my throat. I know what I have to do now. There's a key moment though where he raises his hand to his throat in preparation before Risotto actually does anything. Mm. And Risotto, observant man that he is, is like, hmm. Now what I love about this whole Risotto thing in this mm. is last episode and this one, we are treated to his like deductions about the nature of Doppio where he's like, this guy's an idiot, but this guy has some hidden potential. Yeah. And he does later talk about how like, oh, he's talking to himself. That's unusual and... Goes on to do some there. But he never does be like, why is this guy holding a frog to his head and talking into it? Hey man, maybe he's just having a great time. <laughs> you know? It's like, hmm, he seems to want to murder me and he seems to have the means to murder me, but he's talking to a frog right now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Maybe he's just fucking crazy. Or maybe he's more than crazy. So the scissors are in the throat and he's like, but... He never touched me and I never opened my mouth. How was he doing it? I don't understand. There's got to be some kind of rational explanation. Or maybe I... it's just magic. Maybe it's Maybelline. Pulls them out. Oh man, that sucked. He like rolls around in pain for a bit, I think. As you would when yeah. you pull scissors out of your throat. <laughs> that image of the scissors beneath the skin just really grosses me out. You know what's even worse? How it got there. Just the thought of like, oh, it, it like formed there and then is like oh but that means that in the little little bits where it formed it would have to just expand I think, more and more I think that's one of my biggest fears like having surgery and then having them leave the scissors in you which is something uh, that has been known to happen yeah 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 well you've seen that amazing comic of like um the the doctor guy's like now look we need to do one more surgery it's like but the other doctor said it was all just fine just fine it's like well we just need to have another good look at it it should be perfectly fine. And then he's in surgery and he's like, oh, son of a bitch. And they're playing tic-tac-toe on this kid's bone. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> oh, it's good. Doppio does the first of several, like, King Crimson arm punchies. Ah. And I like this one because it's basically just like the King Crimson arm just kind of shumps out of his shoulder. Now, it's really weird to me because I was like, I forgot that he said, you'll have King Crimson arms. So I was like, why doesn't he just bring out King Crimson? Why does he just do that? And God, Doppio. If I was Doppio in this circumstance, I'd be so was, much better. If I was fighting Risotto Nero, I would just stop time. That's what I would do. Because I, I have the ability to use the full power of his might. I also have the power of the world and of Bites the Dust. Because I know how to use I'm a, them. I'm a well-balanced, well-written character with coherent motivations. I like... Food, which is why I've refused to eat anything that isn't made by Tonio. <laughs> Great, this is our new Jojo character. He sucks. What's his name? Um, Meet McFly. Meet what? What is that? Meet McFly? Yeah. I don't know, I just made it up. I, like you, don't think. Moving on, please. 
What's the next footage, Doppio? What did you see? I, I think I saw... Oh, that's not good. That, that's a foot. That's Doppio a foot. sees like a big flurry of movement, Doppio falling through the air, and also a severed foot with scissors sticking out of it, dropping to the ground. And he's all like, uh, well, uh, one, it's the scissors. It's, it's bad news about the scissors. Yep. Two, bad news about my foot. I think my foot's going to get cut off by the scissors. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure that's what's happening. And I like, there's a shot that happens here where Doppio is coming to terms with this, but also uh, Risotto Nero is stealth camoed in the background, just like striking a pose. It's just like all the poses that Risotto Nero does in this episode are so ludicrously extra Mm. for no reason. (laughs) Like even when there's a bit later where he's like shimmying around Doppio he just pulls a pose halfway through. Yeah. It's like, why are you doing this? He also does a lot in this episode of like circling Doppio like a lion waiting yeah. to strike. And then as he's walking, he like fades into total invisibility. It's just It's like a um like a stealth-based video game boss. You know, where you have to wait for the gaps in their invisibility. Yeah. It's oh, it's so good. So ridiculous. <laughs> The boss is like, Doppio, when you saw that, why didn't you move immediately? And Doppio's like, I've got to be careful. I'm losing all my stamina. It's going to suck. It's going to be a bad day. <laughs> Doppio's not going to be able to win at this rate, and it will take me 10 seconds to come out. Is this the part where we see the weird face on Doppio with, like, eyes going out? Yeah, like I think that? so. So, I fucking love this, because Doppio's face is like, oh, I don't know what's going to happen. don't know how it's going to go. And then... A very much distinctly crazier looking face with like eyes going like a chameleon in two different directions Mm -hmm. and his mouth just clenched and his lips wide open. So the boss is like, I'm going to have to assume direct control. And Doppio's like, no, no, I've got this. So I can't move or anything, but I've been thinking losing a foot's going to be bad, but let's see what we can do about that. It doesn't have to be my foot. And so he puts the frog down. And there's a great series of, like, pure silent close-ups here where we cut to frog on ground, doppio, like, action pose, poised to strike, cut Dance. back to frog, linger on frog. <laughs> and then the frog, like, melts and explodes with razor blades. And then doppio goes, I fucking knew it. And he throws the sharp scissors that were once part of his throat uh, into some fog. He does, like, a just a big, like, spinning huck of them. It's like, thro- what's the, um, what's the... It's like throwing a boomerang. Yeah, yeah. This is like, woo. And we see them sink into what just looks like empty air, but then they cut through the ankle of sharp scissors. Real sharp. (laughs) Cut through the ankle of Risotto Nero. Risotto wasn't fucking around with those scissors. Yeah, yeah. The mystery is becoming apparent. Hey, boss, where did you go? Where'd the phone go? I mean, that's a frog. That's not the phone. No, it's a frog that's exploded into razor blades. I, I talked about this last time, but I love just Doppio's inconsistent perception of the world vis-a-vis talking to the boss. It's so just, weird. I love that it's so intense. Mm. And then it's just, oh, well, this isn't a fucking phone. Get out of here, frog. This is just a frog. Oh, wait, so, like, there's a phone back here. In his brain, the frog is the phone up until it becomes tactically necessary for it to be a frog. Yeah. And then just seamlessly, it's the frog that he puts down and does the plan with. <laughs> it's just like... Oh, to make what? explicit, what happened was he figured out that the the power that is con- creating uh, stuff is directional. And so because the frog got all razor bladed before Doppio did, that means he was in that direction, doing ah, it from that way. So I he hacked the scissors over there. Of course. Yes. It all makes sense. Kind of. 
We still don't really know what his power is yet, but it all makes sense. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so I think Doppio then elaborates, I know what your power is, big man. Oh, actually, no. No, sorry. No? Not to cut you off, but Doppio does have to find another phone. Oh, yeah, true. He's all like, well, this is just a fraud. Time out. No, sorry. Hang on. Do- Doppio here. I've got to, um, sorry, sorry, Risotto. I've got to, um, got to... Gotta sl- slake my mental illness. Risotto's like, that was my fucking foot. Risotto is just posing. Yeah, he's, he's posing. just posing. I suppose he's probably grappling with the losses of his foot, but really he's just letting Doppio sort his shit out. Yeah. And he's sort of like in the back going, what the fuck just happened? Meanwhile, Doppio was like, is there another phone around here? Ah, there's one under all this sand and these rocks. I must have dropped it down here. He's leaning Straining, over. Reaching down into this, this cranny. Really going between these rocks, like... And he pulls what, out a single cigarette. Like He's like, ah, boss, I'm back. Got a new phone. Yep. <laughs> Such a weirdo. So good. He says, praise me, boss. He can't move anymore. <laughs> praise me, daddy. I cut off his foot. I fucking love that. It's like, praise me, boss. Boss. Boss, boss, pra- boss give me praise. I did a good thing. Boss. I hurt the enemy. Boss. Yes, all right, Doppio. I'm praising you. Is that enough? It is, boss. Well done, my Doppio. Thank you, boss. Sweet, stupid Doppio. Shall I finish him off now, or do you want to do that? No, 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 no. I shall deal with him myself. I have thoughts for him. Get in two metres. And, like, from this point on, Doppio starts, like, slowly hulking out. Mm. Very slowly, though. Yeah, we see in one shot later, um, he's just... It's a still shot of Doppio, but his, like, shoulder is pulsating with muscle mass on and off. Weird. Very (laughs) off-putting. Yeah. He's sort of like almost twitching in a way. Um, future vision, we see Risotto th- Risotto's foot in the air and it's full of like little stand maggots. I don't know if I'd call them maggots. I, I wouldn't necessarily either, but they yeah. remind me of like when a piece of meat is riddled with maggots yeah. Yeah. In, in, their, in their positioning. But they are like little, um, little Japanese spirits. Mm, like little ghosty boys. Let's talk about Metallica. <laughs> Okay, what do you want to know about Metallica, Liam? Well, before I ask you that, yes. I want to tell you the Jojo Bella commentary for The Stand, Metallica. Hit me. Give me fuel, give me fire, give me that which I desire. Stand. Is that a Metallica thing? Yes. Okay. It's, it's fuel by Metallica. It's an ability that steals iron from your body. <gasps> so it's modeled off cells or red blood cells, maybe. Oh, cells at work. And also the Hattie Fatteners from the Moomins. The what? So the Moomins are a um, sort of European, bring it back to Asterix and Tintin, what? sort of European comic and animated series about these creatures that are sort of cow or hippo-like called the Moomins and they live in Moomin Valley and oh. just have very peaceful, wholesome adventures. Oh, the big white one looks familiar. Yeah, the None Moomins. None of the other ones do. And the Hattifatuners from the Moomins are like little um, oh. tall, thin, ghost-like creatures. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. And you can sort of see the resemblance there. What do they do? I don't know. (laughs) Nothing. Apparently. They first appeared in The Moomins and the Great Flood. Oh no. The Hattifatimers are silent beings that are forever wandering around in large herds. The only thing that interests them is reaching the horizon. And once they reach it, they continue on their journey. To the next horizon. They are deaf and dumb and don't need to eat or sleep. (laughs) They remind me of, um... The little things in Spirited Away. Yes. Yeah. They're like, but what are they called? Japanese spirits. Um, Uh, Yokai. No, not that. Hirohiko Araki. I'm Googling mischief makers Ah. because that's a Nintendo 64 video game in which basically everything 
is one of those things. Yeah. That's the one about the robot lady. Yeah. Um, Marina Lightyear is the Cybot G. Ah. God, I really want to go back and play that game again one day. Shake, shake is what she says because she shakes things. <laughs> you know, the 90s were a different time. <laughs> we had Clay Fighter. We had Donkey Kong. We had Mischief Makers. Mischief Makers is a, um, a hidden treasure and developed by treasure. Oh, there you go. What are these dang things called? <laughs> you gotta know, Liam. They're like the things in um, Bloodborne. Maybe that'll have more... Mm, no, they're not. Yeah, the things that pop out of the ground, they're all like... Eh. No, they're skeletons. Yeah, but they're like them. <laughs> they're like if they were dead and skeletons. Hanawa is the word I was looking for. Hanawa. Japanese Hanawa statues. Right. Wait, Hanawa statues? Yeah, terracotta clay figures made for ritual use and buried with the dead as funerary objects. Uh, this is not what I thought you were looking up, but okay. That's what they remind me of. <laughs> okay, alright. The images that I'm seeing on the screen don't look like them at all, but okay. Well, screw <laughs> you. Hannah, why it is? Hannah, what's up, man? There we go, like these ones. Ah, that looks more like them. Okay, yeah, I can believe you now. That's, yep. No one will be seeing this. Oh, the, um, the gyroids in Animal Crossing, if you're a different sort of big nerd. Gyroids? The gyroids are the little, um, yes. little fire extinguisher men. Yes, now that I know. You can grow them in Smash Brothers. <laughs> yes, and ride them like a rocket. Yeah, or force other people to ride them like a rocket to their inevitable demise. Nick, opinion. Now that Isabelle is in Smash Brothers, <laughs> is the villager character obsolete in that game? No. Okay. Because Isabella is, is superior. Isabelle. Sorry, Isabelle is superior and more adorable. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The villager... Needs to be there to remind you oh, of yes. the superior because gene. without dark, there can be no light. Precisely. Or vice versa. <laughs> without dark, there can be no light. Liam Smith, 2019. <laughs> Amazing. But no, I won't hear a word against Isabel, so... Isabel's great. She's playable in one of the Monster Hunter Switch games. What? Oh my god. So that's, I believe that's the one where it has a player's palico mode and you can ah, get an Isabel skin for your palico. Sick. So you can be Isabel and oh. just tear up, like, I don't know, a um, Raffalos. <laughs> Fucking beautiful. So anyway, it looks like those things. So anyway. Moomins. <laughs> Moomins, yes. They are a family of white, round, fairy tale characters with large snouts that make them resemble hippopotamuses. But I think it is a running joke in the Moomin, um... Lore. Yep, the Moomin yeah. lore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The deep, rich lore of Moomin. I specialised in Moomin lore when I did my, um, Juris Doctor. Ah. Um, I believe it is a running joke in that they are offended when they are physically compared to hippos. Oh. Or maybe cows. They live They live in Moomin Valley, though in their past, their temporary residences have included a lighthouse and a theatre. Of course it has. Of course it has. From left to right. Sniff, Snufkin, Moomin Papa, Moomin Mama, Moomin Troll, parentheses Moomin. <laughs> <laughs> the Mimble's daughter, Groke, Snork Maiden, and Hattifatinas. Snork Maiden? Yeah, Snork is that, Maiden. Is that some kind of sultry, seductive movie? You know what I think? Yeah. I think all of these names would 
fit in well in a particular sort of Dark Souls-like game as bosses. Oh man, Moomin Papa is really hard. Like same sort of basic attack pattern as Moomin Mama, uh, but like really changes it up in some unexpected ways. Are you up to Snork Maiden yet? Snork Maiden is kicking my ass. And the happy, what is that? I have to put, I, yeah, I have to put down a, um, I have to put down a uh, co-op name. I'm losing the thread on this oh, one. Oh no. <laughs> You've got to do some jolly cooperation. Mm-hmm. I swear I've seen them before. They just generally go about their lives, right? Basically, yeah. Yeah, and they're just having a good old time trying to figure stuff out. There was a picture that was a meme for a while back of a Moomin holding a um, switchblade. <laughs> 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 yeah, here we go. Know your meme, Moomin holding knife. <laughs> was it just like someone makes a slightly offensive statement? Pull out knife. Pretty much, yeah. Nice. Someone who was otherwise wholesome being driven to violence <laughs> by, by someone saying something that I disagree with. <laughs> my boss saw my knife Moomin drawing and she got really distressed saying Moomin would never have a weapon. So I showed her image of Moomin holding knife and she just went, no, <laughs> super quietly. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. So Nick, yeah. tell me about Metallica. Metallica is a metal band. Some might call the biggest metal band of all time. Started off in the 80s. Nick, question. Yeah? Is metal as a genre uh-huh. derived from the existence of the band name Metallica? No. Okay. It actually isn't. Many people would say Black Sabbath is the first metal, metal band because they used to work in the metal factories oh. in Yorkshire. And so from Yorkshire came out these guys who were like, it's fucking metal, it's heavy, it's dense. We got this stuff. Okay. So if my if my Metallica as progenitor theory was correct, uh-huh. and this was a video game, yeah. the whole genre would be called Metallica likes. Yes, that's basically all metal from the eighties <laughs> through to about the early nineties, I think. So they are one of the big four thrash bands, Liam. List them off. They are Metallica, Slayer, Anthrax, <laughs> um, and the fourth one. Ah, of course. The mysterious fourth one oh, whose name the... we don't say. Lest Jeez. we incur its wrath. What's the fourth one? Fuck. It's always like you got the big three. Oh, Megadeth. That's ah, right. These yeah. are the bands that people who only wear black t-shirts with band logos yes. on them and have and have hair down to their shoulders are all interested in. Now, here's the thing, right? There's a big feud between Metallica and Megadeth, right? Anthrax is just over there doing yeah, their I, own I thing. Yeah, I don't really know Anthrax. I know the others all by name. Yeah, Anthrax had, um, what's that one song? Uh, it's like super happy and upbeat, but it's still like a metal song that I can't remember the name of. I can't help you on this yeah. one. Anyway, they have like a song. They're just doing their own thing over there and everyone's like, oh, Anthrax is doing their thing. And then Metallica and Megadeth come along like, fuck the other one, Metallica. <laughs> it's like, no, fuck you, Megadeth. And it's like this constant feud. And then Slayer's like, and yet we stand above you all. You plebs. Are they your favourite? They are my favourite. Okay. By far. They sing about Satanism. (gasps) Oh no! The uh, lead singer slash bassist is a devout Catholic. Ah. And everyone else is hardcore atheists. Ah, okay. And it's just like, every time they do an interview, they're like, how do you... How do you reconcile that? Yeah, how do you reconcile He's like, you know, man, life is filled with good and evil. And we're the evil. Oh, God. It's pretty good. You man. had me up until then. I was yeah. like, what a well-balanced guy. No, but he's just like, I he's just like, have to, I have to roll my eyes. No, at no, that. no. He's sort of like grinning the whole time. He knows oh, exactly he's what he's doing. He so is. And he's just like, man, you know what? We're, we're the evil part of it. And he's like, what's it like being a dad? It's like, 
They get really embarrassed because I'm in Slayer. So when they're teenagers... Nick, we're meant to be talking about Metallica. Sorry, Metallica includes... List all their albums for me. Fuck. Kill Em All, Master of Puppets, uh, and Justice For All. Load. Reload. Saint Anger. Death Magnetic. Ooh, that's good. It's a good fucking album. Um, Oh, there's another one. There's one more. Looking, I'm looking forward to the uh, release of Death Magnetic on PlayStation 4 <laughs> by Hide- Hideo Kojima. You mean Hideo Metallica? <laughs> um, there's one more that I can't remember the name of, okay. but it was their most recent one, and it's just like Beyond Insanity or some Great. shit. Beyond and something. Any more fun facts? Uh, Master of Puppets is their best album. That's the one that I'm familiar with the name of. Yep. Oh, they also have the Black Album. Uh, the Black Album is trash. Okay. I, I don't care for it. Okay. So what happened was they had, like, I think two or three really good albums, which was like Master of Puppets and Justice mm-hmm. for All. And the Black Album was, of course, their response to the Beatles' The White Album. Uh, sure. So what happened was they had, like, huge underground success. And then the Black Album, they were like, why don't we try, like, being mainstream? Ah. And everyone was like, whoa, Metallica. And everyone else was like... What did you do? Who's everyone else in this context? All the metalheads who've okay. been listening to Because they had like super classical inspired stuff and like nine minute long songs, which were like amazing, right? Like huge sweeping epics of like, this is rad. I'm all about this. And then the Black Album comes out. It's like, hey, sleep with one eye open, gripping your pillow tight. Enter. Oh, exit light. Enter night. Enter Sandman? Uh, Something like that. Is, yeah. that, is that them though? Yeah, Enter Sandman is their song, okay. yeah. And it's just like, well, you lost me. Great. Cool. Awesome. Nick, I don't believe we actually finished the Jojo Ballet note because oh. we started talking about <laughs> Moomins. Gotcha. Tell me more about the Jojo Ballet I'll note go back Metallica. to the start of that. Okay. It's an ability that steals iron from your body. So I modelled it off cells or red blood cells, maybe. And also the Hattafatanas from the Moomins. Ah, the Moomins. Tell me more about the Moomins. <laughs> I discussed whether it would be possible to make a nail out of the iron in a human body. Ah. And evidently, it was. In this manga. So here's the thing, right? Is it possible to make that big of an object with the iron in your... Like, how much iron is in a human body? Well, famously, when Magneto wanted to escape from prison, he had to inject the guard with some sort of iron-rich solution. Yeah, he was saying, like... And if that's not a scientific document, I don't know what is. You know what? That's fair. That is legit fair. But famously, he did say, too much iron in your blood, and then murdered him. (laughs) That's him dying. Mm. Mm. I'm going to acting classes recently. Ooh! I'm not. But... I'll just say, I'm going to acting classes recently. And you know what they tell you to do for um, death sounds? Just pretend you're Sean Bean. You know how Sean Bean always does that uh, sound? Oh, interesting. Yeah. You know, you know. famously, uh, in the production of the Lord of the Rings movies, mm-hmm. um, when in a, in a scene that I don't believe made the final cut, yeah. when, um, when Wormtongue was going to stab to death Saruman, mm-hmm. played by Christopher Lee, director's name escapes me in this moment. Um, Peter Alexander. Peter Jackson. Peter Jackson, that's the one. <laughs> Peter Jackson um, tried to correct Christopher Lee on how to oh, yeah. perform yeah. someone being stabbed. If, like from uh, and behind. Then, and the noise yeah. they make and the lung being punctured. And, and Christopher, Christopher Lee likes was, no, I did this to people in the war. I yeah. know the sound they make. Wasn't it like in the in the like uh, outtakes or whatever? The later scenes. Yeah, in the interview they did. Oh, yeah. Peter Jackson was talking about it. And then Chris, they cut to Christopher Lee. He's like... So I told him when I served in World War... Was it World War One or Two? World War Two. He's I, not that old. Okay. He seems that old. Um, he but he's is like, dead now. He is. Sadly, 
Sadly, mm. we did lose. The best. No, I can't Christmas do sadly. We did lose. Okay. It's infected my brain. The, mm. the meme has infected my brain from, yeah. you know, I've been listening to a lot of the podcasts of Alexei Toliopoulos and Cameron James yes. of Finding Drago, Mike Check, mm. Total Reboot. Every time they talk about someone dying, they do go, sadly, we did lose mm. X. And I need to credit that because I almost said it then because that meme is in my brain now. So sadly, we did lose Christopher, Christopher Lee. Lee. Yeah. So best Christmas albums of all time. It's like in the in the interview, it's like Peter Jackson's like, you know, so I wanted to just correct him on this thing because I thought, oh, if he's going to die, this is what it's going to sound like. And then it cuts to Christopher Lee going, I did this in World War II. And when a man dies, the, the air escapes from the... And he goes into like oddly specific <laughs> details. Like, so obviously it's not going to be like, a, it'll just be a, a quick wasp. And then it cuts back to Peter Jackson's like, yeah, yeah, I don't want to mess with Christopher <laughs> Lee. <laughs> So Metallica is a pretty good band half of the time. Great. They're one of those bands where an album comes out and you're like, oh, fuck yeah. And then another album comes out and you go, ooh, maybe you shouldn't have done a collaboration with Lou Reed. (laughs) So I want to point out one quote from the album Lulu by Metallica and Lou Reed. Okay. Because uh, Metallica had some great stuff and then they started getting a bit iffy. And Lulu came out in, like, 2015 or so, thereabouts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, no one liked it. It got, like, 1 out of 10 most places. But, according to Wikipedia, essayist and pop culture writer Chuck Klosterman, in his review for the website Grantland, wrote, If the Red Hot Chili Peppers acoustically covered the 12 worst Primus songs for Starbucks, it would still be slightly better than this. Ooh, sick burn. Bam! So you may recall... Um, Rosotto Nero was at large Yes Doppio has deduced the way that he attacks with his powers And then meanwhile um, And he's seen the foot is full of the little metallic stands Mm -hmm. uh, And then Rosotto Nero is like Oh yes and I also perceive that you have precognitive powers That's how you got me Otherwise you never could have predicted where I am Because you're such a chump To be fair that's a little bit arrogant I thought you were just a beginner But who are you right now? You are filled with confidence Such a look in your eyes Not a young man's eyes (laughs) Those are old man's eyes They remind me of Pesci's eyes After he, after Prosciutto died And he looked as if he had come through a thousand years of bloodshed And as he's talking he staples his foot back on With Metallica Yeah It's really weird as well staples Yeah He has like no pain He's just like well on it goes He's a... Professional. That's true. He, he gets is, things done. He is a hitman. He's the leader of the hitmen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you Risotto Nero. Thank you for remaining at large this whole time. <laughs> Giving us hope. That maybe you'll show up one day and then showing up. Amazing. Incredible. The storytelling. I can't take it. <laughs> he's starting to realise. He's like, yes, I, I must be much closer to the one I'm after than I thought I was. Cut to flashback. It's been two years since... Uh, the incident. <laughs> yes, since uh, Gelato and Sorbet were brutally dismembered. And uh, sent to them in chunks. Yes. Uh, everyone is... Everyone, all the friends that we sadly lost along the way. Prosciutto, Pesci... Actually, no, I think I want you to try to name them all. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, Prosciutto, mm-hmm. Pesci, uh, Nokio. No, the guy who was like Gnocchi, the ice guy. No, uh, Gyacho. <laughs> Gyacho, yep, got him. Uh... Who was the laptop guy? Um, f- was it Formaggio? No. Was it... Wasn't Vinegar? <laughs> no, because that's Doppio. That's Doppio. Um, we are, of course, thinking of Malone. Ah, Malone. Yep. 
Uh, there was Prosciutto and Pesci, mm-hmm. obviously. Yeah, I think we should, you're missing two. Mirror yeah. Guy and Shrink Guy. Yeah. Wait, Mirror Guy? Yeah. Eluso. Oh, yeah. Eluso. And then Shrink Guy. Oh, what was his name? With Narantia, right? Yeah, yeah. The yeah. first one we met. Yeah. Um... Formaggio, of course. There was a Formaggio. Didn't I say Formaggio? I thought I said Formaggio. There's no way we'll ever know. <laughs> God damn it, Liam. We can't go back in time and erase <laughs> causality. So they're all there, they're tearing up what we know is Trisha's apartment because of all the cutaway scenes we've had to people doing sinister monologues in it. Yep, yep, that makes sense. The boss, Trish. (laughs) And then they will come for me, but I will be one step ahead for I will have been taken into the custody of some strangely attractive mobsters. (laughs) (laughs) So they're trashing this place. There's like the photo frame of that photo that... You know, they're like, oh, we have to go to there. Gacho's getting angry about some stupid bullshit. As he must, always. And they're all just talking like, uh, oh man, maybe we'll find her and then we'll get revenge. Oh, yep, here's uh, Salido Naso, one of his aliases. We're getting closer, we're getting closer. And if we find her, we might be able to find him. And then... uh, It's exactly the same as what we've been doing this whole time. But it didn't work out for them. Oh, no. I love this scene actually I don't mm. know I, this might be an anime only one I'm not sure but like once again just seeing the team coming together but now with the the knowledge it's that not, they're it's all not even, dead not even like bitter bitter foreknowledge because they they were the bad guys yeah. but like it's kind of bittersweet to see these guys working together as a team and having known that they've all just been picked off one by one. They were the aggressors in those circumstances. Yeah. But but knowing that they, it's like... It's a risotto flashback and these were his allies, you yeah. know? It's like um, it's like the feeling of, oh, they worked as a unit. They but were like a cohesive... Let me whole... ask you this, Nick. What? If risotto enters midway through this scene, mm-hmm. who's having the flashback prior to his arrival? <laughs> <laughs> Um, how, does, how does he know what they were talking about? Um, <laughs> Liam, you're freaking me out right now, man. Risotto comes in and immediately exerts leadership over everyone. We've been like, remain calm. I too am filled with vengeance, but we must stay calm and businesslike like assassins. Prosciutto knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> and Prosciutto's like, yes, by the time we kill some, we say we're going to kill someone, they're already dead. And Pesci is like, oh, I, I don't think I'll ever come to truly understand that in my heart, not without undergoing some great personal tragedy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited. <laughs> that is, of course, a reference to Australian cleaning advertising figure of the mid two thousands. Big Cam. <laughs> fucking out Just I'm excited. No, Rosetto says I'm excited too, but the one who gets too excited dies. Oh, of course. There you go. Harkening back to the present. Of course, famously, Big Kev, as the joke, the the rather poor taste joke went, got too excited and died of a heart attack. Oh, no. Who was he? Who was the. He was was Big Big Kev. Kev. I know he was Big Kev, but who was he? Like, like, I can't remember his face. Do you want me to show you his face? Yes, of course I do. I need to get this out of my mind. I want to see his face again. One last time. So I'll know he died the way he did. Of course, Big Kev got his name for surpassing Kev, his mentor. (laughs) The greatest cleaner so the of Australian history. The president gave him the code name Big Kev. <laughs> Kevin Big Kev McKay 
was an Australian cleaning, cleaning products entrepreneur, active from 1992 2005 until he died in the gold on the Gold Coast in 2005. Oh, that's enough about him. Not to be confused with this news article from 2019 about the dismantling of Darwin's resident dinosaur, Big Kev. <laughs> You know, One of what we've discussed previously on this show, Australia's series of big things. <laughs> yep, yep. Big Kev is a big Darwin-based brachiosaur <laughs> which arrived from the Philippines in 2007. What? Oh my god. Why? Why the Philippines? I don't know. Like a brachiosaur. What? Site manager Rory Milner said being called on site to maintain Big Kev's well-being would be one of his career highlights if only someone had been called on in 2005 to maintain Big Kev's well-being. Oh, no. They're building a hardware store there and then they'll put him back together. Nick, back in the present. Time is linear. <laughs> Doppio is like... There are only two truths in this universe, Liam. Time is linear. Doppio, so sweet. So, so stupid. stupid. He's like magnetism. He's controlling his day with magnetism. He's making magnets mag- out of me. Using magnetism to make the iron in my blood congeal into painful things. Oh. And also, he's going invisible by coating himself in iron powder and using magnetism to make himself blend in with his surroundings. Oh. Uh, oh. Would that work? I don't know. Do you care? You maybe figured it out, but it's too late. You are already complete. Now, he keeps saying this phrase in the next few minutes. He really does. We come to know what he's driving at. But I also have to wonder if this is an awkward translation from a phrase like, you're finished. Yeah, but you'd think they just use the word finished. You're... Like, it's not that hard. When we say, you're finished to someone, we mean like, you're done, mate. Yeah. It's too late, Doppio. You're done, mate. It's too late, Big Kev. Because, of course, I'm excited. <laughs> You're completely But not as excited as you, because the one who gets most excited dies. Oh, of course, you mean the maintenance of Big Kev is exactly. completed. Exactly. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus Christus. This, this is an episode to go down in the annals of JoJo's history as an episode. Yep. Iron is everywhere. It's in the sand. It's in spring water. Oh, tell me it's more. It's in plants. Oh. Doppio... Looks into the future again. Good thing Risotto Nero never cut off that swoosh of hair, thereby neutering his future-telling abilities. It wouldn't even be possible. No one knows. Hair of steel. Harder than I am. And I've written a note here for what he sees, which is big knife future. (laughs) True. And he sees basically that scene from part three where... uh, Kakyoin's like... Nope. uh, Jotaro's all like, hmm, looks like there are... 50-something knives surrounding me. Yeah. Hmm. How can I get out of the way? Maybe I should punch my way out of this. And in this moment, he's like, looks like in 10 seconds or so, 50-something knives will be coming out of me. at me. How can I get out of the way? I'll punch. With King Crimson's arms. And again, big punchies coming out of his shoulders, but just the arms. But unfortunately, still not enough. Not enough. He gets hit some. He screams. Sees future again. This time, knives falling from the ceiling at him. Does a dodge roll. Gets hit in the uh, back of the knee. Oh, rough. And the boss is basically like, what are you doing? You're predicting his movement. Stop getting hit. It's my body too. And Doppio's all like, I'm doing my best, bossy boy. There's a good moment where... Oh, and then also his face explodes in needles. Oh, yeah, true. And then, like, he's, he's clearly had enough. And I like this. He just does, like... 
the arms come out of his shoulders, mm. as arms are wont to do, but this time stand arms. Uh, and he just does like a series of pointless, angry punches in his immediate vicinity, just like expressing his frustration. Mm. That's just a neat little moment that I like. No, it's good. And the boss is like, what are you doing, Doffio? What are you doing? Stop it. So Risotto's there. He's posing. He's just, he's all about the poses this episode. <laughs> I lost my foot, but you are, you're done, mate. And there's nothing you can do about that. <laughs> Iron is found in many things that humans eat, like vegetables, oh, tell eat, like spinach, oh. and meat, oh. like liver. It's an important asset in the human diet. Why is that? Why, it flows into the bloodstream and allows the body to carry oxygen oh, through the blood. Why are you telling me this? Because I am removing all the iron from your blood. Unlike that guy Magneto killed, you have not enough iron in your blood. And when that happens, your blood becomes all yellow and congealed and gross and you die. You're deoxygenated and none of the blood goes to your fingers or your brain. Oh, that is a bit of a and, worry. And we see that Doppio is like very visibly short on breath here. And he's like, no matter how hard you breathe, you'll never get any oxygen and you'll become a corpse before you die. Well, that's a bit shit, isn't it? And he's basically just like sitting on a rock nearby. And he's like, so shall I just wait it out or shall I kill you now? Oh, here they come. Aerosmith swooping in nearby again. They're near the mansion. Naranchi is there and Abakio. And the boss is like, no. Not a Bakio. <laughs> a Bakio's there. No, not a Bakio. He's the one I fear most. Well, he kind of does because he's the one who's yeah. going to set it all up, yeah, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. It sounds ludicrous, but, but he does. Just at the time, it's just like, not a Bakio. Oh, no. He's the most valuable member. Finish him, Doppio. Finish him now. And Doppio's like, I'm trying. I don't know if you've noticed, but I have no iron in my blood. He's going to move to my right side and then he's going to disappear. And then my head's gonna explode. Huh. And the boss is like, what's wrong, Doppio? This is curious. Empowering the, I suppose, protagonist for this battle, being mm -hmm. Doppio, yep. even though we don't like either of these guys, ultimately. Sure. Uh, with, Doppio's more endearing. With the power of foresight, makes this kind of a more action, less farcical version of, do you remember in part three with Thoth? The manga stand that can yes. predict the future. Yes. And it was all like, how am I going to make Jotaro's face blow up? Oh, it wasn't Jotaro's face the at prediction all. prediction is accurate 100%. If you interpret it correctly. Yeah. This is, this is what's happening here, but it's less farcical and more life and Terrifying. death. Terrifying. Yeah. yeah. Much like everything in part five, it's got thematic links to previous Jojo oh, parts. Oh, that's what it is. <laughs> oh, I'm going to turn the tables on him. I'm going to just... Chucks Ruin him. his day. No Doppio, conserve your energy so that when I come, I can make good decisions and win. But what if I can make good decisions, boss? No Doppio, you're stupid. No boss, I'm great. <laughs> no, just think about it. If the magnetism is over there, all I have to do is figure out where he's coming from and then throw some shit at him. So the boss's plan is that he wants to try to get there as soon as possible, get there before this moment that they've predicted happens, and erase that from time with King Crimson. Yep. But Doppio wants to just kill him now. He wants to prove his worth yeah. to his beloved yeah. boss. So he balances one of these scalpels that has stuck into him on his finger. And he's like, don't worry, boss. I smart. I smart, boss. Me no stupid. Me no sweet. Doppio. I've been through a lot. I'm quite embittered. I'm in, I'm bitter smart Doppio. Ah, uh, bitter smart Doppio. The um scalpel balances on his his little finger, finger like yeah. a compass needle, uh. and it points in a certain direction. So that's a tug in that way. So he's like, yes, 
I know, they're in that direction. I'll throw this other handful of scalpels at him over there. And then Rosetta Nero is right behind him being like, oh, you thought I was over there? You idiot. No, I just used my new foot tech that you gave me and dropped off my severed foot over there, which is full of Metallicas and is creating magnet source. Gonna kill you now. So he like leans in and goes, time to die. I learnt from my mistakes, Doppio, unlike you. <laughs> I'm Risotto Nero, the Joker. <laughs> Kufu-fu-fu, I believe, is the Japanese laugh. I wouldn't be sinister. surprised. But it's like... <laughs> You're different. You're confident. Not to mention your physical changes and talking to yourself. Yes, I know. This was confirmed in 16th century Germany. People can have multiple personalities, and sometimes in rare cases, those multiple personalities can be so distinct they have physical effects. Ah, sure. Yeah. That's... I've never heard of this multiple personality condition. <sighs> Holy dooly. Some sort of dissociative identity disorder. And... Severe body dysmorphia. Yes, how interesting. Um, so he's doing this long monologue while a razor blade is slowly emerging from Doppio's face. And, and he's, he's having screaming. This, yeah, the sound of it is muted, but this whole time Doppio is just doing this one constant scream. It's just like this... And Risotto keeps going. I thought you were a trusted subordinate, but no... But no... Okay, enough of that. Okay. That's bad audio. <laughs> and yet it was in the show. Yep. I can't wait to see your face when you die. And just all this yellow congealed blood is pooling down his face. Mm. You've got no strength to resist now. I've won with my stand. Metallic bullets, 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 bullets. The hell was that? There's this great shot. It's He's, he's gloating in his long-awaited two years plus victory over the boss. Then... Sudden burst of gunshots from a machine gun. Everything goes grey as the life begins to drain out of Rosetto Nero's eyes. The irony, because like the very blood in his own system, which was red, and his eyes, which were red, is turned to grey, lacking in iron. Sure! I think, I hope. So what's happened now, as we, as we learn, is that... When Doppio threw those scalpels wide... Smart, bitter Doppio. He wasn't just being a dumb guy and missing. He threw it at Bruno, Abacchio and Narancio. In their, like, vague general direction. Quite far, might I add. Yeah, so then Aerosmith picked up on that and was like, Oh, bad guy up on there. It's not just a random person who happens to be in the area. They threw scalpels at us. Better murder them. I can only detect one person with the radar. So... Because, uh... as we... As, as is... These guys talk through to each other because he's lost so much iron from his blood. He's not effectively breathing, so he's not showing up on the radar. He's just breathing in and out, but he's not doing anything. Yeah. He's not producing carbon dioxide. Mm -hmm. He can't do it. Whereas Rosetta de Niro is, so that's why he got a big chest full of bullets. Oh, damn! And then he gets another big chest full of bullets. He falls. And he's all like, oh, bitter smart Doppio. You know, it's funny. I've seen a great many things in my year, like tears in the rain. <laughs> yeah, that's how that goes. Yeah, more or less. He just <laughs> sort of falls to his knees and then just plops on the ground, dead. I can't, I don't, I don't remember. Did Narancia just shoot the corpse or? He shot him again before he fell. Yeah. While they're talking, there's a cool moment where the Doppio completes his transformation into the boss. Mm -hmm. The blood splatter from that initial burst of bullets lands on 
Doppio's hair. Making it go translucent, which I suspect this and in this moment and in the prediction were a, a blood censoring thing. Mm. But I, I do like the colour palette change, blood hits, hair goes translucent yeah. effect. That's much more yeah. aesthetically pleasing than just covering everything in a black filter. Yeah. And um, it just kind of goes... Uh... And, and we see... We still don't see the boss's face properly. Like, no, it's entirely shrouded in the shadow of his hair, except for like his piercing eye as he points at Rosetta Nero, being like, "Yes, I've won." Don't you get it, dumb idiot, <laughs> Rosetta Nero? You thought you were at large, but you weren't so big after all. Oh, damn! They should call you. Shitty wet rice, Nero. I told Doppio you were not an enemy he could handle. So I just manipulated events so that the good guys killed you. <laughs> Experience points for them. Yay. <laughs> I was winning. No, I should have won. But then you threw the scalpels at them. I know who you are. You're not just a trusted subordinate. You are the boss. Yep, knew that already. And I now him. I die. I would have gotten away with it if it wasn't. To be continued. Nice. Very nice. Sorry, I, I cut off your Scooby-Doo reference oh, there. Oh, but it was so good. So, Nick. Yes. Highlights and lowlights for this episode. Oh, God. So good. Um, My highlight will probably have to be the moment where we find out what Risotto Nero's power is and suddenly it becomes a matter of, oh, so we know what it is. But I know what's going to happen. And I don't have the leg up. And it's just a whole bunch of... I can see the future happening. He's just going to stay... Still... He's got to stay one step ahead of the future. Yeah. And he's still attacking him. And he's still losing. Mm-hmm. And it's like... Dude, fuck yes. Go Rosado Nero. <laughs> like, it's just cool. Mm. He's just very effective as an assassin. Yeah. So even when very he's Very like, effective assassin power. Yeah. You can stab people without getting close to them. You can just make things emerge You can them. become invisible. <laughs> Also quite necessary. Which allows him the freedom to dress as a crazy murder clown. Ah. Not unlike a Mr. Joker you may have heard of. Mr. Joker? Yeah. Are you saying Mr. or Joker? (laughs) Sure, moving on. (laughs) That one took me a sec. Yeah. Your highlight, Mr. Liam. My highlight is that bait and switch where Aerosmith just suddenly kills Rosetta Nero. Mm, It's good. And just the way they, they... the, the production so effectively communicates that sudden tonal shift. Mm. Or it's like, hey, Rosario Nero wasn't the bad guy. He was the bad guy. Because bad guy won. I mean, both of these guys, from the protagonist's point of view, are in kind of an interesting moral situation in terms of being an obviously Doppio is slash works for the boss, mm. but Doppio himself is kind of a childlike innocent. Mm. Uh, and Risotto obviously sent his team to try to kill these guys and kidnap Trish. Yeah. But now these guys, are, our, our friends, are also working against the boss. Yes. So really... Both of these guys are kind of in a strange midpoint between enemies and... Friend. Not friends with Doppio, because he's still working against them, but, but, like but not, the same not a man de- deserving of murder. Yeah. No, it's kind of weird, like, because mm. Rosario Nero, by all accounts, could be on their side now, but he can't be. No, I don't think Giorno would approve of that, or Bruno, given... Given the history of drugs to the kids. Well, of course, the assassination team wanted to seize control of the drug routes for mm. their own profits. Mm. Making the Hitman team a sort of dark mirror of our protagonists. Ooh. Now, Liam. Yeah. What's your low life? Quite ironic, since one of them is dark in name and nature, and one of them has mirror powers. <laughs> <laughs> What's your low light, Liam? 
My low light is oh, that just creepy shot of the scissors in the throat. It's really effective at what it does, so I'm not I'm not calling it out on that, but it really grosses me it's out. It's just like the idea of it growing there. Yeah. And then the vein that it's just oh, oh so gross. <laughs> I love it. It's so good. Um, me too. Yeah. <laughs> my low light is probably I'm really struggling here, Liam. Yeah, good app. I guess my low light is how it ended, because Doppio is now effectively going to die because he can't breathe. Yeah, that hasn't been resolved. So it's just a bit like, okay. How's he going to get out of this one? Yeah, how, how does he live if he has no blood filled with iron anymore? Mm. Is he just going to get a transfusion or something? Or like, what? Well, Nick, perhaps we will find out on the next episode. And I want to take your temperature of what you think will happen, given that Risotto Nero has been shot through the chest several times. Doppio slash the boss has had all iron drained from their... What? You're looking at me. You made it sound as though Risotto's not dead. You just said he's been shot several times in the chest. But you never said Risotto Nero, after being shot several times in the chest, is dead, no longer at large. I'll leave that that, uh, up to to you. I want to... Okay. What right. I'll, uh, I'm driving to something here. Okay. All right. Beep beep. <laughs> As I was saying, Doppio slash the boss has had all the iron drained from their blood. Our friends, Narancia, Abacchio, not Abacchio, not Abacchio, Bruno Bucciarati, Giorno Giovanna, and Trish Una are right down there on the beach near the mansion. Ooh. What will happen next time on JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part Five, Vento Oreo, in the episode entitled? Beneath a sky on the verge of falling. Jesus Christ. Strangely poetic. Wow. Uh, hmm. Okay. Now keep in mind we have about, what, uh, 12 episodes left? We have 12 episodes left? I said this was 27 at the start, right? There's 39? Something like that. Oh my god, what? It feels because like I, because it feels end. like this is endgame territory, doesn't it? Every all the All the main players are in the same place. And, like, Risotto's died. Mm-hmm. The boys are there. They're about to find some stuff out. Yep. What the... Okay. All Beneath right. a sky on the verge of falling. It, it didn't sound like Risotto was dead from your description. He's been shot several times through the chest. That's not a good place to be in. No, it's really not. He fell. What if... What if Risotto's alive and the boss is like, Oh, sweet, stupid Risotto. Are you... I, I'm just looking at the look in your eyes, that glint, yeah, yeah. that glint. And I know your your penchant for recurring theories. Uh-huh. Are you about to propose that maybe... To, He's not going to gonna transfer into risotto. Okay. He's not going to do that. That's what I thought you were driving at. No, no, no. This body's had all the iron drained out of it. You've merely been shot 17 times in the chest. No. What I think might happen is risotto's not quite dead yet. Mm-hmm. Maybe. So in his dying moments, the boss is just going to walk up to him and be like, risotto, you Dumb shit lord. Give me your blood. I'll make a deal oh. with you. How about I stop that shot from ever hitting you? You can't retroactively do things oh, like okay. that. Alright. What if I let you live? Ah, I save your life. I save you. I run away from here in the next 10 seconds I have of consciousness. You have to fill me with some blood though. And let me put it this way. If we get out together... Will be a team. I think this will be the start of a beautiful friendship. Yeah, something sure, like that. I'm paranoid about anyone knowing anything about my identity, and you've come the closest anyone ever has, but I think I can let that slide. How about you let me live, and then he'll probably murder him afterwards? <laughs> sure. Um, or something like that, maybe. 
He's probably not going to do that. But what gets me is where the hell he's going to get iron in his blood. Well, as you may know, iron is found everywhere, including in foods such as spinach and liver. He's not going to eat Rosotto's liver, (laughs) is he? That feels like a step... Yeah, it doesn't feel like he has a knife on hand to... Wait. All those scalpies. All those scissors. Um, I mean, I just... I don't understand how Doppio can go from yellow blood dead man to... Alive. Red blood good man. To a nice red blooded man. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Has he got like a first aid kit somewhere or something? Maybe that he'll just pull out and be all like, oh... In times like this, I always keep this first aid med kit on hand (laughs) filled with necessary blood I can put into myself or something like that. I don't know. I don't know how the hell he's going to get out of it unless Araki just goes, hey, he just did, (laughs) you know? But I think we're not going to get much on the Doppio front next episode. It's going to be back to our boys. I think so. How are they going to go in their search for the statue and the photograph? Okay, so they're going to be the under the sky part and the boss is going to be on the verge of falling. Ah. So... Maybe what it'll Under be. Under the sky, slash, on the verge of falling. <laughs> Coming soon from Face Off. Take two games. Ooh. Ooh. What did they do? What, take two? Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Um, maybe we... Oh, what's a good theory? <laughs> um, so we know that they've reached Sardinia, and they're basically at the mansion. Basically. Basically. They're at Costa Smeralda. Yeah. So they're looking for the place where the photo is happening. Yeah. The place where the boss took Mm. a photo of Trisha's mother. Mm. They won't be able to identify him from that though, will they? Yeah, because they will get um, Moody Blues Mm. to rewind and assume the form of the person who took the photo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they won't get his face, will they? Have we ever seen Moody Blues get his face? And let me put it this way. Is it possible to get his face from Moody Blues? I mean, you've seen the way it looks when it assumes the form of yeah. things. The face is kind of blank, but all the structure is there. Okay. All right. Um, maybe they pull it off, but it's not enough information to go off of in of itself. Okay. So maybe... Maybe the boss is like sitting up top, just like basically about to die. And he goes, wait, they can't find out who I am just from that. I've still got time to get away. I shouldn't have come here at all. Or something like that, right? <laughs> so maybe it'll be, they successfully Moody Blues it, and they go, well, this is a problem. It narrows it down. It narrows it down, but I have no idea who this is. <laughs> it's like the... Um, it's like uh, when Lex Luthor is yeah. in the Flash's body. Like, it's well, like, at least I'll find out who the Flash is. Oops. I have no idea who this is. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I honestly, I, the main thing that's getting me is how the fuck is he going to get blood or iron into his blood? Like, I don't get it. Take a guess. I want to say he's going to force some kind of blood transfusion with Risotto's dead body. Seems like a solid guess. Something like that. But, but I suppose we'll find out next time on Jojo's World in Beneath the Sky on the Verge of, of falling. falling. To be, to be continued. continued.